In today's episode of the Fearless Business Podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you how I managed to earn £75,000 from my first book, Online Business Startup. You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It is the next episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. It's me, Robin Waits, your Fearless Business Coach, coming back today to talk about why every coach can benefit from writing a book. As many of you know, and I'm not too shameless about it on my podcast episodes, I've written several books. Uh, I'll name off some of the titles just to get the shameless plugs out of the way up front. But obviously, I'm going to be talking from my experience of writing books, so I will be mentioning my books today. But just in case you don't know, they're all available uh, available on Amazon. Uh, Online Business Startup is the first one. Take Your Shot is the second one. And you may also want to check out Marketing Machine as well, which has got 50 of my uh, finest daily marketing checklist hacks in there as well. There's a lovely story about um, the magical marketing mystery machine. Anyway, shameless plugs out the way. Once you've bought those books, check out this episode because I'm going to be talking all things publishing and how every coach um, benefit from writing a book. Books are, in my opinion, um, now I wrote my first book back in 2013, 2014, so a little bit before every man, woman and their dog had a book. And um, I would say that it's by far and away been one of my best marketing assets that I've had um, in my business um, ever since I started out, um, way back when, even going back as far as um, 2004. And I'm going to explain a little bit around why that is. But what do I mean by marketing asset? Well, you may want to check out one of my earlier episodes of the podcast where I um, talked about marketing um, assets versus marketing activity. But essentially, a marketing asset is something which you go to a great deal of trouble, time, energy, effort, potentially um, financial investment to um, build. Typically, it's a digital asset or a physical asset that once it's made and you've gone through that tricky process of um, creating it, you can then give it away to people or sell it to people for not very much money. So it's either free or cheap and you can give it away, you know, time and time again um, at very little expense. Um, the challenge, though, is that obviously it does take some time to, um, to to write a book. And I'm going to be going into some of my hacks around how I managed to write 30,000 words um, in a single month. I'm going to be talking about how you can narrate it. Even if you're dyslexic, you can still write a book. Uh, it's a common myth that most people believe that if they have challenges with, um, with the written word, that for some reason they can't write a book. But there's some great technology available now where you can essentially narrate your book um, into your phone and then use a couple of services, which I'll talk about to actually get it transcribed. But um, one of the major benefits of, of having this, this marketing asset available is that, um, it, you know, it, it essentially is a way of making um, your learning sort of your tools, what your your knowledge um, and your methodology available to other people at a very affordable price. So a lot of coaches worry about the fact, um, especially, you know, my thing, my jam is all about pricing. So I help coaches to um, confidently charge more for whatever services that they offer, whatever coaching they do. Um, 
And and so one of their biggest concerns is that when they are super expensive, how do they make themselves, how do they help more people? Because not everybody will be able to afford their um, services moving forward. So a book is a really great way of kind of democratizing the, lo- the, the knowledge which you've got and being able to either give it away as a, as a free PDF potentially, or, you know, on Amazon, you, you know, you, there's plenty of self-help books out there. And one of the greatest compliments I get from people is when I receive an email from somebody or, or read a review on Amazon um, where somebody's read the book and they've been able to take all of the tips um, from, from one of my books, implement it, and, it and, and it's made a positive impact on their business. Um, I love that. You know, Some of my best clients, I always say, are the ones who've never spent a penny with me or maybe just read one of my books and they've been able to implement it. Because ultimately, if they can read a book and implement it, like why would they actually need to pay me money for coaching? Um, you know, A lot of people may actually just, just want a bit of extra help with the implementation side of things and then scaling their business. But a book should be able to give enough information where somebody could take that info apply it to their business, life, whatever, and implement those changes and create that transformation for themselves. So as a marketing asset, like books are just absolutely phenomenal. And one of the best things as well is like, you know, as a, when I first started out as a, a coach and, and even my marketing agency days, you know, we, as a small local business, you could only um, spread your message as far and as wide as you could actually sort of travel, you know, which back in 2004 used to be local networking events and it was rare to have a book back then. So one of the biggest benefits now of having a book is that you can publish it on platforms like Amazon and it is available literally worldwide within 72 hours. And if you're fortunate enough to um, pick up some um, a publishing contract with a traditional publisher, for example, one of the benefits of that is that your book will also um, be licensed out potentially to be translated. So you can sell the translation rights to your book. So not only can your book be sold worldwide, it can be sold worldwide and to an even broader audience because now it's available in uh, Spanish, Portuguese, French, Italian, uh, Mandarin, you name it. It's available in you know every language under the sun, not just English, which is even better or whatever your, uh, your, your local dialect is, not just, I just assumed that my audience, everybody here uh, was English, but it might be that English is your second language as well. So, um, and there's, you know, so that's one of the benefits of traditional publishing. So coming back to it as a marketing asset, takes a long time to produce a book, but then it's free or cheap to be able to give it away or sell it for a few pounds on Amazon. You can create a worldwide audience. And it also means that it's much more affordable in terms of, you know, if people can't afford your core service, a book is a great way to give away that information. The next thing I wanted to cover, so that was all about marketing assets. The next thing I wanted to cover was around like the engagement piece as well. As we know now, you have to build up no like, and trust before people buy your product or service. Um, and Google did a white paper um, a while ago called Zero Moments of Truth, and I believe it's now a book, albeit it's a bit, it's a bit dull, I'm not going to lie. So I'm giving you kind of the, the snapshot, the highlight reel of it, so you don't have to go through the process of kind of um, digging out all of the information in it. But one of the things which stood out in Zero Moments of Truth was these three numbers, 7, 11, 4. And those three numbers, and you might want to write these down, those three numbers stand for seven hours of engagement across 11 different touch points in four locations. So what Google is saying, you know, with their gazillion bits of data um, in this study, 
was that people have to um, engage with your brand or your products or you for at least seven hours. They have to spend seven hours tight amount of time with you before they've built up enough trust to buy your product. It has to happen across multiple different touch points. So a touch point is um, essentially where it's it's a means of somebody being able to consume your, your knowledge, your information. So not just a book, uh, a podcast is a good example of a touch point. Um, a PDF lead magnet downloads um, your social media channels, videos which you've done on YouTube, meeting somebody at networking event, referrals, et cetera, et cetera. So those are all different touch points. Anywhere where people can kind of have a, a specific touch point with you. And then also location. So online, offline, traditional media, TV, radio, all of those different things. There's different um, locations as well where people can, can, can oh, put my teeth in, can consume your knowledge. Okay, so a book is, uh, you know, I actually, location-wise, not so fussed about the four locations, if you can tick them off, great. But certainly 7-Eleven, so seven hours of engagement across 11 different touch points, I feel is important. But where a book fits into that is definitely the seven hours of engagement, okay? And um, the reason for that is most books typically, you know, a 100-page book, which is Take Your Shot, so a 100-page book is about two and a half to three hours worth of reading time for the average reader. Uh, a bigger book, um, uh, Online Business Startup, and to put that into perspective, that book's about 50,000 words. That's probably more like six or seven hours worth of reading time for somebody, perhaps a bit longer. Um, so actually, with a book, you've chipped off, chipped away a massive chunk of this 7 seven hours of engagement. Um, and, and one of the, I've got a, sort of a, a nice story about this as well, anecdote, um, just to kind of back this up. So I did a speaking engagement just after I'd um, written Take Your Shot. And as part of the promotion of Take Your Shot, I uh, gave away copies of this book. I printed off 100 copies and gave it away to every attendee at that event and said, listen, if you enjoy this book, you know, read it. If you enjoy it, please go and leave me an Amazon review. And um, what's quite interesting, about three weeks after the event, I'm starting to think, oh, hang on, nobody's left a review. Like, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, on a Sunday morning after this event, my social media just absolutely blew up. So I was getting tweets and LinkedIn um, notifications. I was getting emails coming into my inbox. All of a sudden, like, Amazon went a little bit berserk as well. And it's like lots of reviews on there. It went back up to bestseller status. Um, and and, it, and it, what happened was people had had this book, just sat on their desk or on their bedside cabinet, and then got around to Sunday morning. And all of a sudden, a few of them decided they were just going to pick it up and read it. And so I had hundreds of notifications on a Sunday morning from about, uh, that was triggered by about 20 or 30 people from that event of 100 people that had finally picked up the book, read it, really enjoyed it and started to post about it on social. And it created this kind of cascading effect of people then getting in touch um, and posting on social media. So, um, you know, and, and again, that, that then pushes the book out to people further afield outside my natural sort of audience, um, you know, because they were posting about it on social, which I wouldn't necessarily have been able to have all of that impact myself. But the reality is like, I couldn't actually have been in bed with 30 people on a Sunday morning. I'd have been a bit weird. 30 people on a Sunday morning who are reading my book, you know, um, and, and creating that amount of engagement. If you think about it, so two or three hours to read the book times by 30 people, you're talking 50 or 60 hours worth of engagement. I mean, that's that's more than a week. That's a week and a half's worth of work, okay? So it shows you the impact that a book can have if you utilize it in the right sort of way. And you're generous with it as well. Um, it, this was another thing. So I, um, another networking event shortly after I launched um, uh, Take Your Shot. Um, 
a, this lovely old woman came up to me who ran this networking network. She was in her 80s, but she was just absolutely brilliant. She ran a business down in London and sold it and very, very successful. But she came up to me and she said, Robin, I don't understand why you're giving all these books away. Why aren't you selling them? And what, what I found was quite interesting about this, because we, we then discussed it, and my rationale behind it was, if I'm going around chasing tenors for books, you know, rather than just giving away 50 books, if I'm going around chasing tenors for those, those books and maybe selling five or ten of them, actually 50 people have got the book, which if they don't like it, they can just give it away to their friends or give it, you know, resell on Amazon. I don't care, but there's 50 books out there which are circulating. If I people pay for it, that might be reduced to maybe five or ten. I don't know. Um, but also, if I'm just chasing like tenors for the book, it's taking my eye off, you know, the real reason why I published my book, which was in order to generate business. So I want clients to come into my coaching practice already warm to my ideas and my processes, my talk, my coaching tools, having read the book because they know then what I'm all about. So it, ma it makes sense for me to give away my book. And actually, I make a point of giving away 50 to 100 copies of Take Your Shot each and every month. I sign each and every one of them now. I don't mind paying the postage for it. And I'm going to talk about all of the costs associated with this in a second. But I, I see giving away 50 to 100 copies of the book a month as, as just, that's just marketing expense. A, and every business has a budget for marketing. So I choose to spend mine on printing copies of my book and then posting them out to people signed because that personal touch really does make a big difference. And, and then it's up to, you know, I've had people who've had that book for two or three years and then eventually they get around to reading and like, oh my goodness, I wish I'd read this book sooner. And then eventually they get back in touch and potentially we have a conversation and maybe they become a client. So books are a really great way for a coach to actually generate business, give away their knowledge, help people, um, and, and also, you know, make some money in the process as well. Now, I was very fortunate with my first book, Online Business Startup, um, in so much that, oh, by the way, if you want to get hold of a cop free copy of Take Your Shot, a signed copy of it, just go to fearless.biz forward slash TYS. I'll make sure I share a, a link to it in here as well. I mean, you can always help my beer fund out if you want to go and buy it on Amazon. That's cool too, because then I also get a, um, a verified purchase review if you do do buy it on Amazon and then leave a review. But if you want a signed copy, fearless.biz forward slash TYS. What I was going to say was, though, there's this um, quite common myth amongst authoring books that you can't make any money out of writing a book. So I want to talk about some of the commercials of it so you understand, like, how much it costs to go through the process of writing a book, what the different publishing options are, and what the potential income is. Like, you have to, you have to be strategic about the reasons behind why you're writing a book. Now, when I first wrote Online Business Startup, I wrote that with a view that I just wanted to impact the creative space. So anybody who ran a service client business, um, I, I wrote the book to help protect them. Um, and sort of that whole, whole, the ethos behind that book was, um, one, it was to raise my profile. So I, I wanted to be seen as an authority um, figure. I wanted to get speaking engagements. I wanted to get onto podcasts, um, other people's podcasts to be interviewed. And the best way to do that is if you're a published author, you can say, hey, I've got a number one best-selling book. Um, and people love like promos and giveaways and free copies of the book and stuff like that. Um, and it positions you as an expert. So books are really great to get like to create those opportunities. 
With online business startup, though, I I had no intention really of making money on that book. It was just as a it was all about my my you know creating this authority and for a bit of PR, um, which I leveraged very well. By the way, it did a great job for that, and I it was the start of my speaking career as that book sort of um, gained in credibility. Um, I don't know whether it was potluck though or or what. Um, you, you hear this um, notion of. Amazon bestseller status. And you hear a lot of, um, you know, wannabe authors when they publish a book, I've got to get an Amazon bestseller. But the challenge is like most people will go and get their Amazon bestseller. It'll be up there for two hours with the bestseller badge. And then next thing you know, it's off the bestseller list and it disappears into obscurity. Um, and there's even this um, uh, amazing guy, Mike Winnett. You should check it out. He actually, he's got a brilliant YouTube channel, but he he even released um, a, a book with no content in it. I, the book was entirely blank and still managed to obtain a, an Amazon bestseller. So all Amazon bestseller thing is a little bit of a misnomer because it is easy to game the system. However, Amazon... Uh, really liked online business startup. Whether it was my launch for the book or the number of reviews I got or what, I don't know. But I did end up getting 100 plus reviews and it stayed on the Amazon bestseller list in the small business and entrepreneurship categories for the best part of three and a half years, okay? It ended up, and I I think it was potluck, a good title. I had a really great mentor who helped me through writing that book um, with the publishing company that I went, I used for it. Um, they they were really switched on business-wise. So they really got it. Anyway, long story short, Amazon liked it and it got to bestseller for three and a half years and it sold 15,000 copies. I also managed to uh, obtain the rights um, to, to do the audiobook. And actually for a long period of time, the audiobook, despite the fact the, the paperback and Kindle were selling really well, the audiobook ultimately outsold both of those combined. Um, and, and with a combination of both of them over sort of the last five, six years, I've probably made... Somewhere in the region of about £75,000 in, in set direct sales and royalties in the book, which is exceptional. It's unusual for, for a self-published author to get to make that amount of income from a book. Um, you know, n- normally commercially wise, uh, you know, p- people will write books as a, as a lead generation tool for their business to generate, like, generate, like to pull people into their core coaching program, consulting program, freelance gig, whatever it is. Um, but I was fortunate online business startup did well. However, as a, as a free lead generate lead generation tool, um, to give it away, it was actually quite expensive. So I used somebody, um, something called a hybrid publisher to publish it which means that basically it was more expensive. Um, I had to pay for the whole publishing process myself, for the cover design, the editing, the um, uh, typesetting, which is the layout of the internal page of the book, the publishing, everything. I had to pay for the whole lot. And I also gave up 50% of the royalty. So when I wanted a copy of my book, it was costing me five or six pounds a copy to give away. And it was starting to get rather expensive. So that led to me writing Take Your Shot, which was much more of a commercial decision. I wanted a, a much shorter book, I wanted it to be much more engaging. I wanted it to be emotive. So hence the reason why Take Your Shot is written in a, as like a first person story, a parable. It's only a hundred pages long and I own all the rights to it. So it cost me about a third of the cost to actually print copies of Take Your Shot Out. Um, and I own the whole kit and caboodle. Now I'll be honest, it hasn't done quite so well on Amazon. Um, I've got lots of reviews on there, but it, it's really struggled. I've really struggled to get it up there in the Amazon charts. And as a result of that, um, I have to push it quite hard in terms of giving away copies and things like that. But at least it doesn't cost me a lot of money. So to give you an idea about sort of the cost 
you know, the costs associated with um, uh, writing and publishing a book, if you use a hybrid publisher, so that's where you pay somebody to help you out with the design and editing and all that sort of jazz and actually publishing the book, you're probably looking at several thousand pounds. So somewhere anywhere between two and seven thousand pounds, maybe. And then you'll have to give away a share of the royalties. And, you know, depending on the price of your book, you might make somewhere between two and four pounds per copy of your book, you know, and Kindle maybe slightly less than that. So that just gives you kind of a rough idea. The alternative to using a hybrid publisher is, um, well, there are two alternatives, actually. A traditional publisher, so you can do a book pitch, uh, which you can send out to lots of different um, traditional publishers. And you might get an advance. I I know a couple of authors. um, They're YouTubers, and they've got um, sort of a couple of six-figure deals um, as an advance. But then they've also got two million YouTube subscribers. So that does make it a little bit more appealing for a traditional publisher. Most normal human beings, though, um, don't tend to get, um, you know, huge checks from traditional publishers. You might get a few thousand pounds if you're lucky, but you have to prove to them that you've got a captive audience of people waiting and hungry for your, your content. Um, so, so that kind of just gives you a bit, a, a bit of an idea. And then obviously the final alternative, which I did for Take Your Shot, is self-publishing. So you have to go through the entire process yourself. If you're not very good at design, you can hire a designer. If you're not very good at um, the editing process, you can hire an editor. Thankfully, one of the dads at school very kindly did a bit of um, uh, copy editing and proofreading on Take Your Shot. Found a load of errors, which I'm incredibly grateful for, Mike. So thank you very much for doing that, if you're listening. Um, uh, but but actually, ultimately, like I wouldn't say that the quality of Take Your Shot is any worse necessarily than um, online business startup. I think commercially, online business startup was done. It was just the positioning of it and being with a um, a well known publisher, which who's got like a thousand titles. I think that's what's enabled um, online business startup to do so well over the years, um, and that's why it's probably been a bit harder as an independent sort of self publisher with Take Your Shot to actually get Amazon to notice you. You know, but it's got six hundred reviews. It's doing. Okay, um, I still make a few hundred pounds a month out of all, out of my sort of various publishing um, deals and royalties and things like that. You know, which you know, as a, a relatively passive income now, I'm you know, I'm quite proud of. I, I think it's 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 good. So. Um, Thinking though about the, the the commercial side of it though, so we also um, you know when I do post them out, so just to give give you a bit of an idea, because you're probably thinking, well, if I want to write a book and then print them out and give them away, how much does it cost me? So a copy of Take Your Shot cost me one pound eighty two to get printed. I use Kindle Direct Publishing to get that done. Uh, I order it typically in lots of round about fifty to one hundred books at a time. So I'll, I'll order a box a month, you know, near enough, depending on what demand has been like. Postage wise, a couple of pounds to post it in the UK probably a fiver to post it overseas. And I send, you know, about 20% of the books which I send out, out of those 50 to 100 a month, typically are going overseas somewhere. So you can start to get an idea of the costs. So how it kind of works out is that actually the money I make from royalties really is enough to cover the, co- the printing and postage costs to send out 50 to 100 books a month. Uh, and it washes its own back. So as, as a piece of, like my marketing with the books is effectively free if you think about it. Um, which is quite handy. It does make it a little bit more palatable that way. So you, you can end up with this really powerful lead magnet um, and it and it not actually end up costing you anything to print it and send it out, which is quite nice. Um, some, of the, some of the most common questions I think I want to go through um, uh, just to kind of start to think about wrapping up this episode. Um, and by the way, I should add as well, since writing Take Your Shot, I'd say that about 50% of the business I generate for Fearless Business 
comes directly as a result of my book. So whether that's somebody who's maybe found it on Amazon, read it, got in touch, could be somebody at a speaking engagement that I've given the book away to. It could be a webinar, which I've done where I give away a copy of the book off the podcast where I give away a copy of the book. Could be um, any, it could come from any number of different places, but about 50% of my leads and inquiries and business for Fearless Business comes through Take Your Shot. So just to give you an idea of how powerful a lead magnet, a lead generator, a book can potentially be for you. But there are um, there are a number of questions which I quite often get asked as an author, which um, I just wanted to go through very quickly. So the first most common question is, how much should you give away in a book? A really common question. My view is that you should give away as much as you possibly can in that book. You should pretty much give away the, your entire process as best you can in that book because one, it protects your intellectual property. Um, so there's copyright obviously associated with that. And once it's in black and white in a book, you own it, okay? Uh, legally though, that's probably not the best advice. I think there are other ways, better ways to protect your content, but that that because it's out there, you've built up goodwill with that content. There is some IP protection through it, but equally, you're writing a book to help your prospective clients, okay? You want to help them to solve meaningful problems with their lives. And if you go, hey, we've got this amazing book on sales with a five-step sales process, and then you only give two steps away, I think your audience is going to be a little bit annoyed with that, okay? So you want to give away as much as you possibly can within the book, within reason, because again, you don't want to bore people. You're not want to go into so much detail that they never make it to the good stuff, the juicy stuff, you know, in the latter parts of the book. It, it has to be, you know, long enough to cover the essentials, but short enough to keep people interested. That's really, really important. But you don't want to hide anything. Like, don't be afraid to give everything away because the reason for that is ultimately, as a coach, people need your help and accountability to help them to implement whatever it is that you help people with, okay? Whether you're a coach, consultant, or a freelancer, like it's super important just to give all, give everything away, okay? And just trust that they will come back to you and ask for the help if they need it, okay? And that's about being abundant. So the next question is how long should the book be? I've kind of just covered that actually, which was, you know, it's got to be really long enough to cover the essentials and make sure that somebody can get um, meaning from the book and that they can implement it without, you know, too much trouble, okay? But equally, it doesn't need to be like a Tolkien-esque, you know, tome that's going to take months for somebody to get through. At the end of the day, this is 2022 and there's lots of millennials and Gen Zs and whatever they're called these days out there who really are quite busy. Uh, their attention span is like a goldfish. They don't just, they, they you know, they, they just want to con consume stuff in short chunks and they want to be entertained. So if you write a long, dry, boring, like book, how-to book in 2022, it's really not going to fly. Again, it depends on like who your audience is, who you're writing it for, like what they're expecting to get out of it and things like that. But yeah, I'd, I'd just be wary about writing too long a book. If your book starts to get too long, maybe actually you need to spread it out into two or three books um, if there's a way to do that, that people can still get meaning and a transformation from the book. Uh, next question, how salesy should my book be? Um, now, I'm I'm kind of torn. I mean, you don't want it to be like overtly like just sell, 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 sell all the time because, again, people are quite sophisticated now, I think, as consumers of information products, books and all that sort of stuff in 2022. So really, I think what you want to do is you want to 
kind of people know that like the reason you're writing a book is because there's an opportunity there might be an opportunity to work with you later but don't be too overt with that it might be that at a couple of strategic places so at the start you could say if you've got any questions when you're reading this book drop me an email so it's like a bit of a bit more of a personalized approach so at least they've got a point of contact you will also repeat that at the end so you'll have an about the author section at the end and repeat the how to get hold of you bit but one of the things you could do is throughout the book Maybe you have some worksheets uh, or some downloadable fact sheets, or maybe you have a PDF with all of the diagrams and the book in it that people can download. So you could reference that throughout the book. And then you could send people from, you know, the, uh, put a website link in there. Obviously, they can't click on it in a physical book, but put, it, put something that's easy for them to type in and then send them across onto the website. You might choose to put that behind an email sort of gateway. Um, that's, that's okay, but you'll probably impact the conversion rates. But it might be that, you know, you want to start to transfer your audience out of the book and into one of your other marketing assets, whether that be a Facebook group or... Uh, um, an, an email newsletter or attending one of your events or whatever it is. So you don't just want the book to be there with no way of getting in touch with you because it kind of holds, keeps people at arm's length. Okay. So you do want to make it easy for people to contact you, but you don't want to be overtly salesy. One of the biggest mistakes I made was I put an offer at the end of take your shot. I updated that because the price has changed. I updated again because the price, and I kept on updating it. And then eventually I just took it out. So you'll end up just, if you put like too many crazy offers in there and things like that, it causes more problems than it's worth. Okay. Uh, the next one, how important is being a bestseller? Um, basically, being a bestseller is vanity. I like to show off because I had a bestseller for three and a half years. But if you're just going to get bestseller status for like a day or something like that, it it really doesn't stand for much. It's just vanity. It, it does create a bit of a buzz. You can get people kind of caught up and do like a, a have a launch day or a launch event where you kind of get a load of people to buy it and leave reviews and things like that. So it creates a bit of a buzz for the book. It might operate as a springboard like it did for me with Online Business Startup where if you can get up onto the you know the bestseller charts and it's sustained and you stay up there then it will obviously have a positive impact on sales which will ultimately have a positive impact on your profile but that is hard to do i mean that, i'm not going to lie there's a lot of books out there uh next question um why should i write a, like why me why should i write a book when there's thousands of other books out there because it's you ultimately like every like not not every person is for every other person on the on this planet, okay? You want to grow your tribe of a thousand raving fans. There are people out there who want to hear your voice. They want to hear your opinion. They want to hear your take on things because it's unique. It's you. And so it's really important that you remember that. And I always say to people, if they're thinking about writing a book and they don't, they're being selfish because um, if they've got ideas that can transform somebody's life, even one person's life, and they choose not to like get those ideas out there, I think, that, I think that's just selfish. I think we're here to help people, right? So um, if that's you, if that's you, and I'm, I'm looking at the microphone here and the headphones, like, if that's you, please do start the process of writing a book. Um, how much money can you earn from writing a book? I've kind of touched on that. So um, most authors don't earn much, I'll be honest. You might be talking maybe 100 quid a month or something like that from royalties if you're persistent with your marketing for your book. Uh, I was very fortunate. I've earned a lot more than that. Um, however, um, yeah, most, most people don't earn money from the book. They typically, when you write a book, you'll get leads and inquiries for your business. And then depending on how much you charge for that, you'll earn money that way. Um, so see it as commercial. And obviously, if you're a public speaker or things like that, you know, you can also get paid for speaking engagements. 
the next next question I always get is um, around my process for writing the book. So I quite often get asked about, well, how do you even start writing a book? Do you just open up Word and start typing? If you do that, you are going to be brain dead within about three seconds, okay? You, like, sitting in front of a word processor and writing is the, one of the most boring things that you can possibly do. So you need to get a little bit creative about the process of writing a book. First up, plan it. Very important. Um, make sure it's got a meaningful title that it asks and answers one big burning question, that it's broken up maybe into three to five core pillars or principles throughout the book. Very, very important. But your book needs to be, it needs to have purpose. It needs to have a flow to it. So you're going to break your three to five principles or core pillars up into a series of chapters. So what I decided to do my with the first book, my book mentor said that, well, a good book is about 30,000 words. And they set us a challenge to write 30,000 words in June 2013, I think it was when I did my challenge. Um, and I was like, well, 30,000 words, that's a lot of words. I need to create a system or a process for this. My old systems analyst brain came out. Um, and it's actually quite helpful for once um, in this, this instance. So I, I had three core principles. So I was like, right, if I, if I take 30,000 words divided by three, that's 10,000 words. What if I then did 10 chapters for each of those core principles? So I had 30 chapters in total, about 1,000 words each. And just by chance, I happened to jump on. And I can't remember whether I was doing a podcast or I just did something on my phone. I was just narrating something into my phone. And I sent it off to a website to get um, uh, transcribed. The website is called rev.com. It's still going. You have to pay for it. It's not cheap, but it's a human transcription service. And it's it's pretty much nigh on 100% accurate. Um, so I sent this thing off. And then I, it was about 10 minutes worth of audio. And it came back and I edited the, the piece. I think it was for a blog article. So, oh, 10 minutes of audio. Um, once narrated, transcribed by Rev.com and then edited by me was about a thousand words. Now, my, at the time, my office was in town and it was about a, a 12 to 15 minute commute. So I was like, if I switch on my hands free and hit record, by the time I get into my office, I'll have recorded a chapter. So I wrote out a list of all of my chapters and then throughout the month of um, uh, June in 2013, every uh, day that I drove into work, I recorded a chapter and I had to record a couple of bonus ones. So I typically did that on the way home um, for a few evenings as well. Um, and by the end of June, um, and what I would do is, so in the morning, I would send my 10, 10 minutes worth of a chapter off to rev.com and by lunchtime, they'd have it back to me transcribed. Um, and then I could edit it down and it would become a thousand words, and that was a chapter in the book. And that so so on went the process throughout June. And I, I you know, I generated thirty thousand words of content that way. So it's one of the best like um, content creation hacks that I know. It's like it was, it blew my mind, and it still blows people's minds when I tell them this. Um, the only challenge with it though is probably doing it when you're driving. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that now. Um, and I would probably just find a quiet place with a bit of plan and structure and, and just, you know, work through it in a, in a peaceful, calm manner. Unfortunately, the people at Rev.com did listen to a, a few expletives of, you know, somebody cut me up or pulled out on me on a roundabout or did something daft on a bicycle or something like that. Um, so... Uh, so yeah, just a word of caution, just if you're going to use that methodology, but it was, it is still by far and away the most efficient way that I found to write a book. There's all sorts of things where you can like dictate it and it automatically transcribes it into apps and things like that. And just the accuracy of like machine transcriptions just is not good. Like the AI still is not great. Um, some people like swear by it, but I, I would rather me narrate it, have a human transcribe it and get back almost nigh on perfect 
copy at the end of it that then just needs a bit of a structural edit and some some proofreading. Um, and and really, what you're looking at is if you if you then so imagine you've got thirty thousand words, you know that's going to end up being about five to seven hours worth of content. You could, I know somebody who has done this after I taught them this methodology. They locked themselves in a room for the day and narrated their entire book in a single day and then sent it off and got it transcribed. Um, it took three or four days for that transcription to come back because that's a lot of content. Um, and they wrote their book, it fully published within 30 days, which I like, and like, don't get me wrong, when I published my book, um, so I went, like the first part is just getting the content out. 30,000 words, but then all of the other stuff has to happen, the copy, editing, the typesetting, the proofreading, the design, the publishing process. That whole entire process took eight months. So whilst I got the copy out pretty quickly, if you're using a publishing company, it's going to take a lot longer than that to actually get the finished article out. Um, if you're self-publishing, it can be quicker. It can, you can do it a lot quicker. But it's just to give you an idea about the timescales involved with it, with it. it. It is a big commitment. But for me, it's paid off, not just in terms of financials from the book, but also in terms of raising my profile and then getting paid work off the back of it. So as a coach, if you're thinking about writing a book, like go for it. You can help so many more people. You can give them affordable coaching through the, you know, through the medium of a book. Um, you, you, you can get your expertise out there. You can protect your intellectual property rights. One of the things which I always say to people as well is like, I didn't write online business startup. It wrote me. The process of getting my entire process out of my brain and onto paper um, really refined what, who it was that I, like who I am, my processes, my systems, the order in which stuff needed to be done in. Like it, 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 it just gave me an enormous amount of clarity just going through that writing process. So even if you do that and you don't end up publishing it, it's still going to be a massive, significant benefit to your business. The other thing as well is at the front of all of my books, um, I always have a dedication to um, my wife, Charlotte, to my two girls, Poppy and Sophie. Um, my family, my brother, and you know, my mum and my daddy's passed away. And um, the reason for that is because it's important for me. One, you know, one of the things that I wanted to achieve with my life, my time on this planet, was to leave some kind of a legacy. So even when I'm gone, um, my words, my voice, my thoughts, my ideas are still going to be around on this planet. And who knows, one day somebody may read the book and go, oh my gosh, this Robin guy was an absolute genius. So it's really important for me to leave a legacy. And if 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 my girls pick up a copy of the book, oh my gosh, daddy's an author. It would be one of the proudest things, you know, that I feel that I could have achieved with my time on this planet. You know, I, I have, I'm very fortunate that, um, you know, I, I get the opportunity to work with so many amazing people and I've helped so many people around this planet, you know, charge more for their stuff, package things up, get excited about business and things like that. But the thing which really kind of, you know, gets me is like, like take, take, I know this, this is about books, right? But take this podcast, for example, um, uh, if anything, or when something happens to me, um, my girls can come back and they can listen to the podcast. I probably should have sw swore a little bit less than I have done on the podcast, but they can come back, listen to the podcast and hear my voice. Uh, little things like that, believe it or not, folks, does make a massive difference. And I'm proud every time I flick through the book and I sign a copy for somebody who wants, um, who I'm um, sticking a copy in the post and I sign it. And I, I always read those dedications that I put in there for my family. So it's a nice reminder to it. So you've got this amazing 
legacy which you can leave as well. And it's I, I'm really proud as well. Like when when I go and speak at an event or I read something online or some random YouTube celebrity picks up on my book and shares it on their YouTube channel or whatever it might be, you know, those little moments are um, incredibly special and they they mean an awful lot and it and it it's evidence that there is um, impact which you're creating on the world. Uh, coaches, at the end of the day, um, well, anybody in business really, but coaches especially, we're here to create transformations. We're here to change people's lives and make this world a better place. You know, one person at a time, one business at a time, one corporate client at a time, you know, whatever. Like this is all about creating an impact and leaving a legacy. So don't do the world a disservice if you're hiding away and and you've got this great idea for a book. I said, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be onerous. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be brilliant, but just get it out there. Just, just, just if it means that you can help one extra person. Anyway, um, I think that's me done. This has probably actually been one of my longest um, uh, monologue episodes of the podcast, actually, uh, close to 40 minutes, which is quite remarkable. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope this has got you a little bit excited about the prospect of publishing a book. If it has, like, please do just drop me a quick email and say, Robin, I'm I'm so excited. This is what I want to write my book about. If you want to chat about your book, like drop me an email. Always happy to talk publishing and books because I believe that, you know, the world is going to be a better place for every author we have on this planet, every coach we have on this planet, the world is going to be a better place. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your ears for the last um, 40 minutes. Uh, And I'll look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. Mm -hmm.